Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Ray. Hey, Marcus. 50 years ago, some guy ended up on the speakers saying, don't eat the brown acid. The brown acid is the bad acid. No, he wasn't on the speakers, man. He was on the microphone. He was in the speakers, man. I'm telling you not to eat the brown acid, but hey, it's your trip, man. The brown acid is the bad acid. Uh, To get back to the... uh the warning that I've received, you may take it with how many, however many grains of salt you wish, that the brown acid that is circulating around us is not specifically too good. Uh, it's suggested that you do stay away from that. Of course, it's your own trip, so be my guest, but uh, please be advised that there is a warning on that one. Huh? <laughs> Nothing but peace, love, and music at the Woodstock Music and Arts Festival 50 years ago. And lots of mud. Oh, man. Well, you know, if you look at all the Woodstocks, mm, and we're going to... Moldy sex. What? Mud is a common theme in all of them. Um, <laughs> both in 1969, the original Woodstock, everybody knows about the rain chant and all the problems there. What most people don't know that I recently found out was that the real concern at one point was that they were minutes away from the mass electrocution of anywhere from dozens to thousands of people because of the electricity, the stage, and its proximity to the water that the people were standing in. That's just crazy to think about, the fact that thousands could have actually died. It would be a whole different discussion had that happened and music would be in a whole different place. Well, that, that stopped the festival well. cold. That stopped the festival cold. But the, the mud didn't seem to stop things in 94 and 99 because they had mud at all, both of those, too. But they had uh, better one, technology. Yeah, but the, for, for the sound and everything, absolutely. And better for wires, like yep, better protection. Absolutely. Better planning for that. Yeah. And uh, the second one in 94 was for, what, the 25th year? Yeah. Uh, and that was about 70 miles from the original site in Saugerties. And then there was uh, the one in 99 for 30 30. years uh, was about 100 miles from the original site. So it's all up there in uh, cow country in upstate New York. Maybe it's something in the water. Or is it the milk, right? It's the milk up there. Max Yasker's milk, man. He got a lot of people through that weekend back in 69. I want to kind of breeze through the festivals individually before we get to what happened in the last year, year and a half with uh, the failed Woodstock 50. But Uh, What a disappointment. Think about the careers that were launched at the original. You start 
start the whole thing off with Richie Havens all by himself, who's already a legend, and then he just takes that shit to another level. What time was his first note? Like, what time did it start? Know. Was it like noon, 11 in the morning, yeah, 10 was, in the morning? Yeah. Or were, they, were those fuckers even up at that time period? Or I was don't it know. like one because they had to sleep in from partying so hard? I'll tell you what, all the normal off. stuff, all the normal schedule in. stuff, all, all was out the window. And oh. yes, that added a lot to it. But Havens, I think, was just smoking the good stuff up there, and he's he's doing motherless child, and just he's got the whole crowd. People have been pouring in uh, at this point. We were talking about uh, in episode twenty how Hendrix played to a diminished crowd on at the end of the festival. Well, Richie Havens is there as everyone's arriving, and it's sweetness, and the sun is shining, and everybody's got lots of brownies and food and water and booze and so, everybody's yeah everybody's fully vibe, stocked up and loaded right and then uh, the swami comes out right and 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 that kind of adds to another layer to the opening vibe of things and then there's other bands i mean tim harden was there he performed in sweetwater who's uh i know of them yeah people know of them but they don't really know him i don't know bert summer but who's then ravi that? shankar comes out yeah, and, the, and, and influence on so many and people. it was like right in the evening and he was such a huge influence uh melanie safka again oh it's melanie yeah i got a roller skate you got a brand new key or yeah, i melanie. got a pair of roller skates yeah yeah so yeah, she melanie. and she did an amazing uh version of her song lay down on that uh on that thing i don't remember if that made the album or but we get too deep on this. You got Arlo Guthrie, uh, who, who gave a great performance. Joan Baez, really a huge figure at this thing. And then uh, and she takes it to another level. Country Joe McDonald mm-hmm. and the Fish. And uh, they Quill. they Who's developed Quill? the uh, the, the F-trier that got them banned from radio forever. You know? uh-huh. Who's Quill? I have no idea. Where's Quill? Oh, up there. I missed them. They were the first band that played before Country Joe McDonald and the Fish. And I'm just curious as to who they are. I'm going to have to go online and look at them. And then the debut of Carlos Santana and his band, the original Santana band. And these guys, I have the performance of it. It is unbelievable. They were incendiary from the shoot and all the way through to the checkered flag. And then John Sebastian comes out completely tripped out on acid. And Why he was... sits down and plays by himself. I think most of his set was just him strumming and singing with the auto harp. Why didn't the Loving Spoonful go out? Was he broken up from them at that point? Um, I was not sure where they were. I don't really remember the where story. they were at 69. Uh, but Sebastian was always the free spirit in that band anyway. And he, he, he was part of the scene. So they said go to Woodstock. He said, yeah, I'll just go out and sit with my auto harp and play a few songs. And he did. I never heard of the Keith Hartley band except for by name a few times. The Incredible String Band, I know, is something completely different. I, I got into their music. I have a couple of their albums, actually. One of the legends of the weekend, Canned Heat, followed by Mountain, Leslie oh, West and Mountain. Oh, my God. The fact that Leslie West and Mountain was there. I bet he was a riot in between songs, just totally messing with people while they're uh-huh. tripping their balls off. Ah. Oh. So you're getting I can in there, only imagine. and, and, and it's, I think this is when the rain starts to become an issue. And word was the Grateful Dead wouldn't go on for a while because the stage pieces were kind of moving in the mud. Yeah. That's dangerous. Nice. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival thought it was a terrible set, set, yet they just are set to release the complete 50th anniversary uh, recording of their performance that day at Woodstock. Janis Joplin. Sly Stone. Sly and the Family Stone, The Who and The Airplane, who was supposed to close. Oh, my goodness. They're supposed to close Saturday, but they're so far behind 
They go on at dawn, and Grace comes out and says, Good morning, people. We've got breakfast in bed for 400000 in mind. Welcome to Morning Maniac Music or something like that. And off goes the airplane to finish the day. Oh, my God. I can only imagine the insanity of that. And the fact that people troop through it is unbelievable. They survived. And yes. I think Melanie was singing when, when the rain was falling. Because I remember seeing the film, uh, the original film, and uh, it just working perfectly there. A lot of the stuff that's in the movie just worked perfectly. And a guy named Joe Cocker got his start there, too. Not a bad gig for a young young Englishman. Uh, Country Joe and the Fish, 10 years after the uh, the band who, uh... who just could play in anything. I don't know what they were in the middle of there. Uh, Johnny Winter. Uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, who, who were more of a pop band, but felt at home at Woodstock, I guess. And I'm sure. They partied hard. That band partied balls to the wall hard. And even though they were a pop band, man, they did a lot of stuff with their sound. They had a very big sound, and their horn section was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Great, Great horn section. And then the second gig for this little uh, group called Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Hey, man, I just got to say that you people... Have got to be the strongest bunch of people I ever saw. <laughs> three days, man. Three days. We just love you. We just love you. Tell them who we are. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome with us Crosby, Stills, and Nash. They weren't feeling it, so they didn't do the Atlantic City Pop Festival a couple weeks before Woodstock. But they made, they did, they did one gig, and they got themselves up there and sang, sang to the young nation that was being born that weekend. Some of them literally. Uh, the Paul Butterfield Blues Band were um, the the masters of Americanized white blues. Uh, they just kicked ass. Uh, you you were laughing about Sha Na Na, but they were in that kind of a pop radio position where so their manager must have got them in the good spot there, right before <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, who closes at dawn on the last day in front of you know one tenth of the crowd. But that was the original Woodstock. Oh yeah, but the fact that like Sha Na Na, I remember their TV show as a kid. So sure. so to me, they were more of a novelty like comedy TV yes. band and so I didn't I guess I couldn't take them as seriously as like a Woodstock band or a but in hippie the film, peace love band in the film yes. they're featured prominently yes with they are. Job, so it was all part of it it was all part of the whole yeah. thing that happened there this pocket podcast of the imbalanced history of rock and roll Woodstock at 50 is sponsored by Crooked Eye Brewing we thank them for their support here on the podcast uh, they're in the heart of Hapro Pour in the good stuff. Make a crooked eye next time you need a nice fresh brew. And we thank them for supporting uh, the Imbalance History of Rock and Roll podcast. So here we are, 1969. All the things that happened with the film and the album and the lawsuits and everything. And years go by. And people don't really talk about having another one because it was so mammoth and so much came from it. Yeah, Americans don't handle it. But meanwhile... In Europe, festivals like that are happening all the time, which is just crazy that America didn't continue to develop that sort of a festival mold. Well, others tried. Other things also um, failed or succeeded, depending upon how you view it. You know, um, the Altamont concert, the yeah. Us Festival, yeah. um, the Lollapaloozas, and all the other things. So, yeah. 1994, the organizers get it together to put together... Woodstock. 25th anniversary of Woodstock. Just crazy. I and remember I, when all this happened. I was early in radio. 
and I was early in my rock radio days out in Denver. There was a side of us that wanted to do, go to it, but at that point, I don't think I could have handled being in that big of a crowd at that time without not wanting to trip balls like they did in 69. Seriously. I hear you in a Seriously. And I don't think I could have. I'll tell you what. I was more about going to Lollapalooza and seeing a handful of these bands Absolutely. up close uh, on a ski slope or something like that or in South Philly on a pile of dust. But being where I was in 94 as far as life and um, uh, music, I look at the people who played in 94 like uh, I see Blues Traveler locally. Half I was friends yeah. with Jackal. Those guys started off by... Uh, getting the crowd all fired up, but Jesse comes out with whiskey and starts smoking a joint on yeah, stage. Totally and, going back to yeah, the 60s. Yeah, totally takes it over but the with top. with an 80s flair. Pennsylvania guys live were there. King's X, Delamitri, I, I remember playing yeah. him on early AC radio. James was in there early My days. My girl, Cheryl Crow. So they're all there. This is just Collective the first Collective Soul day. is a young band doing really well in 94. Yeah. Candlebox was really hot. Violent Femmes headlining that first day. That's crazy. On Saturday... Joe Cocker, that kid from England, comes up to the second Woodstock. I guess he figured 25 years later he was the height of his career. You know, Why would he go on so early due to the fact that he played? Early bedtime, man. Maybe. Maybe he <laughs> wanted to watch the other cats play. Yeah, Blind Melon, who's but one of our mutual favorites. And as you pointed out, uh, in the spirit of 69, Shannon was dropping acid and performing in his girlfriend's dress on stage with uh, Blind Melon. The Cypress Gang, Cypress Hill. Rollins Band. My buddy Henry. You know what, though? You know what about Henry would have been a bummer, though? What? If you're really tripping hard or really <laughs> high and he gets into one of his one of his philosophical rants, he's killing your buzz, man. Yes. He's just totally shredding your Taking buzz. Taking it somewhere completely different. Oh, man. Why'd you go there, Hank? And then they, then after him comes on Melissa Etheridge. Great performer. And, man, uh, she's a strong You're talking about like, flipping a coin there, yeah, you know? Yeah, no and kidding. Then, and then you go back to the, the garden with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, with John Sebastian, who what was a great, coming great, back. Yeah. So they did their little, uh, you know, back 25 years thing. And then one of the legendary performances at this festival is Nine Inch Nails, who got down in the mud with everybody, flying and rolling around in it, you know, and then got up on stage covered in mud. Yeah. And uh, just out of hand, that's Reznor, man. I just love Reznor. I know, so Reznor's great. amazing. And Nine Inch Nails performances live especially these last 10 11 years have been exceptional like over the top thank you good night say fuck no james <laughs> and then the last two bands that saturday night on that main stage are you fucking kidding me look Nine Inch Nails did everything they could and did, but they still had a hard time topping Metallica and Aerosmith to close. And we're talking about, remember, you're talking about 1994 Metallica, 1994 Aerosmith. Tyler was still doing the backflips. Metallica was grinding and crunching and killing everything in their way. It was an amazing one, two, three finish there. And, And on the other stage, you had the band with guys from Hot Tuna in the Airplane and Guys from the dead, like Bob Weir was there, and Roger Horns or Roger Hornsby, not not the baseball Bruce player, Hornsby. Bruce Hornsby, and uh, great guy by the way. He is a cool guy. Yusu Indoor too. And yeah, I love Yusu Indoor. He's amazing. The Salt Cranberries were on the stage. Yeah. Salt and Pepper, uh, Primus with Jerry Cantrell, which Allison Chains was supposed to play in '94, but had to pull out due to the fact that 
Lane's drug problem was so Again. bad. So then Sunday, you get to the final day. Here we are, 25 years later, right? Country, Joe McDonald and the fish. And it's one, two, three. What the fuck are we fighting for? Still all over. Throwback to 69. And then, oh, yeah. you know, uh, all different kinds of performers. The Almond Brothers, who didn't go to Woodstock, make up for it in 94. Traffic is there. The reunited members of Traffic. Yeah. Spin and Doctors. Dylan didn't make it to the original. He's there. The Chili Peppers come and they tear the shit a new asshole it's yeah. unbelievable Point peter gabriel country joe coming back what a what great way to start your final john day sebastian right? john and Heron. his j band was there man john sebastian's <clears throat> the been neville involved brothers. with them all yeah the neville brothers yeah santana plays of course you see the womad performers that's uh, peter gabriel's world organization of uh, yeah. the world music right yeah and then they come up and green day then paul rogers comes on with a, a blues review with slash and neil sean and jason bonham and then the neville brothers then say Santana. Yep. And Are Guns N' Roses supposed to play, yeah. and they didn't play because yeah, of know. some sort of deal. So Slash played with Paul Rogers and did, did a bunch could. of stuff. So, so. so th- and that's how they finished this thing up is with Jimmy Cliff's All Star Reggae Jam, Dude. which was so cool because it was so different in in every way. It was more organized than they were for sure in 69 so 25 years later the power was better the power was safer uh the equipment was better the stage was better and uh it was more expensive and it was well well, of course (laughs) everything was more expensive the experience was more expensive uh there was all kinds of fallout from that we talk about the fallout from 69 and and, Mm. and 25 years later the fallout was more about yeah i can't believe how many fucking dollars i had to take out of my pocket every time i needed a bottle of water or something to eat so and it was one of those things where you were locked in for the day i'm not complaining because i didn't go but i'm just saying and i'm just saying that when you're really thirsty and you need a tasty cold delicious adult malted beverage you go to crooked eye in hapro our buddies there are our sponsors here on the imbalanced history of rock and roll they're at 13 east montgomery avenue that's right where montgomery meets uh the main drag york road in hapro and it's like new friends every time you go in and that's true you know you 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 know from our podcast party that we had there that you meet people all the time people are very friendly and very outgoing so many people who came and hung out with us what's always amazing to me is how i always meet new people when i go in there you go in you have a couple pints on a saturday afternoon you're just hanging around next thing you know you're meeting new people and hanging with the people behind the bar most of them are named Mulheron, or a lot of them are. You got Matt behind the bar. You got Paul, his dad, who's one of the Pauls, Paul and Paul Hogan. And then, of course, Jeff Mulheron, his brother, who's uh, the chief brewer. It's a family thing at Crooked Eye. Come be part of the family. You can uh, come in anytime. And it's always a, a fresh brew and something tasty. Jeff's always cooking up something tasty there at Crooked oh, yeah. Eye. Beers are really good. I love the two that I've tried are the Regimental, Regimental 80, oh. which is really nice. It's smooth. And then the Black Eye Stout, the, the Black Eye Stout, which yeah. is absolutely delicious. I love dark beer. Delicious. And the Black Eye Stout <laughs> is nice. Want to find out what's going on at Crooked Eye? Just go to their website. It's always there. You can also keep up with them on Facebook. Serving nightly in the heart of Hapro, it's Crooked Eye. They have the cure for what ails you since 2014, and they spell ales, A-L-E-S. Smart. Very clever, guys. Very clever. Thanks to everybody at Crooked Eye for their sponsorship here on the Imbalance History Podcast. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of raycons 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. So we uh, we sally forth, and only five years later, they get the cojones to have a 30th Woodstock celebration. They just had one at 25 after nothing for a quarter century. Oh, we've got this figured out. Let's have another one. How'd that go, Marcus? Not so well. It seemed to be sort of a clusterfuck. Prices were out of control. Tickets more were than, expensive. More than in 94, yeah. Way more than 94. I mean, the vendors were going to make as much money as they could. They were charging like 10 bucks for a bottle of water. Just crazy I heard prices. something like that. And that was and in 1999 prices. Yeah, and so. yeah, in August, when it's super hot like that and you're exploiting people like that, that ain't cool at all. Especially when it's wood. Woodstock, it's so hypocritical that Woodstock is where capitalist exploitation is happening. Think about that irony. Well, I think it felt like that uh, from the beginning because it was only five years and people thought, oh, maybe they'll do another one in another 25 years like where we are now. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the festival because the music was pretty good. I mean, you know, that first day. The lineup was good. Uh, the Roots were there. You had some great rock bands like Lit and Buck Cherry. Oleander, um, Insane Clown yeah. Posse performed, yeah. Mo performed. James Brown. James I mean, the- Godfather was there. Talk about balance. Why the hell he wasn't at the original Woodstock is beyond me. Why anybody like James Brown was not at Woodstock is beyond me. Um, Jamiroquai performed, live performed. Daryl Crow, DMX. Yeah, they were both there in 94. The Offspring, Corn, Bush. But they had some other great music. They had Counting Crows and Kid Rock, Tragically Hip, uh, Canadian favorites. Uh, Mickey Hart represented the dead. Ice Cube was there, Everclear, Bruce Hornsby again. Uh, Guster. Dave Matthews performed. I guess he wanted to do that. My boys Rage Against the Machine. Metallica again yep. uh, to close the festival this time. Yeah, and crazy. You're right. Sunday, look at this lineup. Our Lady Peace. I love Rusted Roots. Seven Mike Dust. Ness, a solo act. Uh, John Entwistle. Seven Dust. Godsmack Collective Soul. Megadeth. Revelé, who used to tour a lot with Chevelle back in the late 90s, early 2000s when Chevelle was starting to get big. And Revelé was a great band, too. But you also had the metal crowd. You had Megadeth. And you had Seven Dust. Oh, Seven Dust, you have to see live. Representing Boston and Collective Soul, some new bands that hadn't had a, a performance. And then you also had Elvis Costello and the Brian Setzer Orchestra. You had Willie Nelson. Uh, some different stuff. And the Chili Peppers with the hammer position on Sunday night closing things out. Yeah, that's um, when all the fires, know. and they might have or might not have instigated a little bit. The bands were uh, pissed well, off. Know, 
Just because a girl out there wants to feel free and take her shirt off doesn't mean a bunch of you have to go grab her tits and stuff because they're her tits, they're not yours. You gotta leave those tits alone. Powder was dry, the fuse was lit, and that's what happens sometimes when, and sometimes it's not just reflective of the times uh, or an era, it's also reflective of the fact that people were pissed off, like you said, they felt like they were getting jobbed, $10 for a bottle of water is absurd in any time, let alone 20 years ago. So there's little things like that, but I think it all added up, and it also left a sour taste in people's mouth until we got around to this year. Woodstock 50 is apropos that it doesn't happen because all the stuff that happened, let's take stock of all three. We've got these stacks of paper all about the three Woodstocks, right? Yep. Every one of them could be considered a disaster. In some cases, an unmitigated disaster. Truly. When you start putting together Woodstock 50, you start putting together an, an artist roster, you start finding a place, and that's what they did. Now, Artie's not involved. Artie Kornfeld, John Roberts, those guys, the original organizers aren't involved. But Michael Lang's still in there trying to do this. And I give the guy credit for trying and for making maximum effort. At the beginning of it, before he talked about having a festival at Watkins Glen, Amphitheater that's on the original site, the old Yasgers farm, was talking about having a special celebration. And some of the artists and some of the descendants, like Journey, I think, was going to come and play as a descendant of Santana, okay? That was the first thing I heard. They were going to have a celebration at the original site, which hadn't happened. I thought, that's great. Less than two weeks later, Michael Lang's in the press talking about he's securing permits uh, for Watkins Glen Raceway. I don't know all the ins and outs of the people, but I know a lot of people were talking about it. Fogarty wanted to play because uh, CCR is releasing that set from 69, and he thought it was a nice way to tie it all together here at 50. Time goes on, and you don't hear a whole lot. So we go forward, or as fast forward as you can go, and suddenly he has a problem with permits. And then the, the people with the finances behind it, because now everybody's got bankers. It's not like the old days where you just showed up with bags full of cash and did the festival, you know? Yep. So the, some of those people got kind of like antsy. One of them got wet, uh, wet feet and pulled out. And he went into control mode, uh, damage control mode, and uh, they went to get more funding, and they arranged that. And they were starting to get closer and closer to the must-be-on-sale date for the tickets. And there were some issues, permits and whatnot, but they got it all squared away. And then the financing pulled out. And when the financing pulled out, Michael continued to work towards getting more financing while trying to hold on to the permits for for the site. I think they lost one, and then they got a second one. And then they lost the second one because the town... Township pulled the permits. They said, you've got artists who are bailing. People had started pulling out. You've got financial people who aren't coming through, and we're pulling your permits. Seemed like it was dead, right? You remember when that happened a few weeks ago? I remember when all that happened. I wasn't surprised by that. No, so you figured, like I did, it's done, it's dead, it's it's over, right? Could we have been more wrong? No, I think it was just marketing hype, that next announcement that you're about to say. I think it was just hype. Well... I thought so, too, but the Merriweather Post Pavilion, great venue in the D.C. Baltimore area, made themselves available to host this thing. I guess they were going to just turn over all the programming of it to Woodstock Ventures and let them do the programming with whoever they had still signed up and whoever they could bring in at the last minute. But before it got to that, uh, it just, it all fell apart. And the thing, the only shame of it not happening at Merriweather Post Pavilion is that 
Michael Lang revealed last week they were working with an organization that was going to use the festival to raise money to help register voters and create voter awareness on the issues in the upcoming election cycle. So he had something he was going to do, which is why he said he entertained Meriwether Post Pavilion altogether. And that's what was behind it. And it's just too much. It was too much too late. They put all their eggs in the upstate New York basket. The basket broke on the at the bottom, and that's it. You know, so no Woodstock 50. And, you know, I think a lot of the almost million and a half people who went to the three Woodstocks would sit there and go, yeah, that's okay. I think it's okay, too. I think when it becomes more about capitalism and about exploiting a vibe for profit, then it loses that magic. And I don't think magical events, the magic is less likely to happen if it's an event that is not spontaneous and Mm. natural and real. It also diminishes the moral purpose of three days of peace, love, and music. Bingo. So that's a pocket podcast on Woodstock through the years leading up to nothing at Woodstock 50. We're all just going to go sit in the field, eat the brown acid, and smoke away the afternoon and soak in the good vibes. Take whatever you can on your personal musical device and enjoy. For me, it'll be the original 69 sets from Janis Joplin and Santana. I don't know which ones I will be enjoying yet. I'm going to have to look through them. I'm going to have to figure out which ones I want. But I think Santana's definitely going to be in there. The and Who said's pretty rad. The Who said is pretty rad. Jimi Hendrix set is pretty rad. Yeah. But I might go for the airplane. I think yeah. I'm going to go for the airplane. Morning Maniac music. Yep. I'm right. going to go for some airplane in there. We must be in heaven, man! And if you want to watch any of the Woodstock movies, I highly recommend you watch them. Yes. Check the albums out, the CDs. There's and, and, a lot of info out there about yes, there it. Is. Books as well. And the new director's cut, which is on my DVR. I'm going to go watch it right now, but I'm not taking the brown acid. Did you get that? pull that off of Access TV? Yeah. Access TV is a great channel. Yeah, they are. They're not our sponsor, but we love them. Yet. Yet. (laughs) But we do want to thank our sponsors, the gang at Crooked Eye Brewing in Hapro. Serving nightly in the heart of Hapro since 2014, they have the cure for what ails you at Crooked Eye Brewing in Hapro. And thanks uh, for them and their support. Check them out at crookedeyebrewery.com. Another pocket podcast done, my friend. I know, pretty sweet. Well done, I should say. That was fun. Woodstock Original, Woodstock 25, Woodstock 30, and the non-Woodstock 50 is pretty sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Wrapping it up till the next time, I'm Ray Coob. I'm Marcus in the Darkest. And we'll catch you on the next Imbalanced History of Rock and Roll Pocket Podcast. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.